When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Go Huskies podcast is presented by Air Van Moving, the official mover of Husky Athletics and your next move. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. The Go Huskies podcast is presented by UW Medicine. Husky athletes get the very best care at UW Medicine. And it's the same expert care that everybody can get at over 270 clinics throughout the region. UW Medicine, a higher degree of health care. I feel like I'm going to get a sunburn from the lights. No, it's like the heater at my house. Shoot. Do you think that if you guys can play the, you know, like like the same way that you played last year when when you have these sort of totally new team and especially that front line? I think so. I think obviously we've lost a lot of experience. that's always going to be an issue, but you know we have a system. Um, we've got a lot of players uh, that have been in that system. Obviously, not with a lot of experience, but they've had a year. Some guys have had two. Some guys have had three, and so um, it's just getting the young guys uh, some more experience at that. And um, we're going to have some tough challenges early to be able to see how that goes. But the one thing is, is, is we do have a system of how we want to play, and uh, the guys have been doing really well learning it. Hey, and, and just how is the, the zone different this year when you have so much length? The zone's different because when you can hold hands and you can go from sideline to sideline, that's a lot of coverage. Uh, now it goes back to understanding it and being in situations. And that's where, um, you know, last year from Dom and David and, and Matisse and Jenny, like, you know, you get, you get through all those different experiences, late clocks, um, pressure, uh, that experience comes into play. And so, um, but, but the length is there. Uh, they're learning it, getting more accustomed to it. We're trying to put them in those situations, but not until you get into that situation, you're going to see how they respond and react. But uh, that length is, is, is a difference. 
big difference. Do you actually sit down with a pencil and paper and try to figure out minutes for guys and how you're going to distribute those? And Usually minutes, you know, those guys determine who plays the minutes. You know, we, we figure out how we're going to play and who's going to get the ball. And uh, defensively, you know, you got to be held accountable to how we're going to play. And uh, they determine it. And so right now it's it's been that team building um, getting these guys to understand, obviously, systematic. Uh, we've had more one-on-one -on -one conversations to let everybody understand what we expect of them and their roles. They've got a lot of new faces, uh, a lot of people trying to prove to me what they can do, but um, now it's putting it all together. And so, um, you know, we've been, we're really excited about this team. Still have a long way to go, but uh, uh, it, it's, we've been happy so far. It was out there on Twitter that Larry Brown was here and spent some time with yeah. you. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you learned? Yeah, Coach Brown is uh, one of the great coaches uh, to ever coach uh, at any level. And uh, just to have him uh, watch our practice and talk to us about what he sees and where we can enhance and get better, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's like getting a week at Harvard Business School. So it was, uh, it was great to be around him. Can you tell us any tips he may have? Heck no. I'm not giving you the answers to the test. Come on, buddy. Mike, uh, obviously, generally speaking, and I know it, it depends on the amount of turnover you have, but generally speaking, how long does it take for the light to go on for some, for some kids? I mean, a month, a week, a couple weeks? Or do they have to play in games together to really get it? When I, was, uh, when I got into coaching, I would work out with sixth-grade kids. You know, it was what I loved. I loved, uh, you know, it was like the piano lessons, right? And I would take the kid and, and, boy, I could get them and they would be unbelievable in drills. And then the parents would say, you want to come over and watch the game? So I go over and watch the game and you're like, you didn't do the drill. You know, you, you, I didn't see it. And so, and I'm answering the question based on, you know, after about a month, a month and a half, next thing, you know, I go to the game and the kid all of a sudden just instinctually does it. And part of teaching is the repetition, repetition, repetition of all skill, right? Uh, repetition, repetition. And so we're getting those reps. Um, everybody learns at a different pace. I feel like we're, you know, the young guys have great days. Like you look like you take three days, uh, you know, forward or three steps forward. And then all of a sudden you're like, gosh, it was bad today. <laughs> and so I think that's part of the growing experience. But um, we're showing them a lot of film. We're trying to get them. Uh, you know, these kids today, it's, it's, it's more so on a lot of scene rather than going out and doing. So, um, you know, everybody has a different learning uh, timeline, per se. Do you feel like the defensive side is the most difficult aspect for young guys coming in to kind of feel comfortable with? I think the defense is the easiest part. I mean, obviously, systematically, you're trying to, uh, you know, they, they, this is your job. This is where you defend the ball. This is where you have to rotate. This is where you help. This is where you rebound. I think the, the most difficult thing is, is every player that we have on offense has been the go-to guy coming in high school uh, throughout their careers. And so, um, you know, it, it, the, the easiest thing uh, to say, the hardest thing to do is to say, play for something greater than yourself. And uh, they, we have the right kids. They have that, that mindset. Now it goes back to determining good shots, bad shots, where the ball needs to go, the execution, and then playing for each other. And so um, that's what we're working on. That's what we preach every day. Matisse was such a unique piece to have at the top of that zone. Is it, it, no one's going to replace that, I guess. Do you have pieces, though, of, of, of a number of guys who can sort of take and fill in what he provided 
there. Yeah, you know, there's in life you get a Thibault, you get a Deion Sanders, we get a Spider-Man, right? What do we call him? He had every nickname in the book, and he does make a significant difference. Um, but it was fun for guys like Nas and uh, Jamal Bay and them to watch that every day. And Matisse was an, the, the thing that made Matisse great too is he would say, "See, guys, see, this is the way you got to see it." And when they do this and they turn their head, this is where you can get the steal or the block. And and so yeah, they might not be at the level, but systematically uh, you, they've had the best teacher in Matisse and so um, you know just to you know it, it, it's, it's funny how when you have a system and then you have this special player that other players want to be like uh, it's a pretty cool thing uh, but no one will be Matisse Thibel but in other areas these guys can be just as good and impact the game. Coach, you have obviously a lot of good players coming back. Nas is coming back. Mir is coming back. Sam did some things last year, but I would say your success last year was primarily built on guys with a lot of experience. Yeah. Now you got two guys coming in that most people are expecting to be lottery picks. Do you coach differently? How does that dynamic change the way you approach things or the way your team plays? You know, I don't necessarily coach differently. I don't think that's going to be uh... – that won't be a problem. I think the biggest thing is, is just we're just going to have young guys. It reminds me a lot of year one uh, when we first took over. Uh, first, you had to get them to believe in what you were doing. I think uh, having the success that we've had and having the upperclassmen, the Hamirs and the Nazas and the Sammies, talking about these guys, about what that zone can do, um, having the National Defensive Player of the Year, um, it's, it's been exciting. So we're way ahead of schedule that way, like when we first took over. And I think the greatest thing is is we've got incredible kids. Uh, we've got kids uh, that come to work every day. Uh, you know, the, the culture is a lot stronger in, in going into year three than it was in year one. Um, but it's been led by a group of guys, like you mentioned, the seniors that left in Jalen. And so um, I think we have also have a lot of guys that are, are, are excited to prove themselves. Uh, we have some guys that redshirted last year that are pretty darn good that no one even knows exists. You know, they're talking about all these other guys, and they're like, who's that guy? I like him. Or who's that guy with a 7'6 wingspan who did, you know, he didn't even get on the court last year? And so... We've got uh, we've got a lot of talent. We've got a lot of guys that have already had a year in the system that no one's really seen. So, um, you know, it will be some challenges, but um, we're excited for that. Have you put any thought in just that the philosophy and you see teams like Michigan State who don't really have a lot of one-and-dones who, who get to the Final Four constantly. Gonzaga put out a couple, but they're not, you know, the lottery pick guys. Um, and then there's the Dukes and the North Carolinas of the world. Have you, have you put much thought into whether one philosophy is better than another or anything like yeah, that? I think the biggest thing is we're just <laughs> we're looking for the right guys, you know. Um, one and done, two and done, three and done, four and done, five and done, uh, red shirt and done. I don't know what it is. I just think at the end of the day, you got to have guys that are willing to to buy into how you're going to play, your culture, and believe in being a student athlete, regardless if it's, if it's one. Uh, where I was before, we had multiple players you never thought were going to be one and done, and next thing you know, they're one and done. You thought they'd be three and four years. The key in this thing, and you know, Coach Pete always talks about OKGs, you know, you're trying to get the right guys. Uh, that want to play some, for something greater than yourself, that are winners. They want to play in a system. They want to go to a great university. Uh, they want to be part of something special. They want the forever piece. Uh, and I think we've got that. I, I'm so excited for these guys. Uh, we're not in the one-and-done model. We're in the getting-the-right-guy model, and we're excited about this team. Of all the returning guys, who's made the biggest jump, would you say, in the offseason? 
Well, I thought uh, in Italy when we were there, I was really excited. I thought Nate Roberts, uh, the guy who registered last year, was just a guy brings incredible energy. Uh, probably, if not, you know, one of the top two or three uh, rebounders on the team, if not the best. Offense rebounding is all over the place. Um, he's gotten bigger. He's six ten. He looks like Dwight Howard after he gets out of the weight room. Um, I'm, you know, very uh, excited about him. And, you know, Jamal Bay started really playing well at the end of last year. Um, he hadn't played a lot, and he played all in all the big games and really impacted the game. You started seeing his confidence soar and his knowledge of the system soar. But, uh, you know, those two guys um, were, you know, really, really excited about their growth. Coach, with, with all the extra length, uh, what does that allow you to do differently this season that maybe you couldn't get away with last year? Well, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, when we first got the job, you know, we were a lot, you know, six seven at the center, six three at the back, you know, but those guys did a tremendous job. We kind of had to mold it a little bit differently, like a piece of clay, you know, it wasn't traditional. We had to really scout out of it. Uh, this year, uh, when you have bigger, longer athletic players, uh, when they start getting it uh, systematically, uh, where the, you think you have a basket, there's a block shot uh, out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, when you start guys flying around, they're covering more space on the floor. Uh, you're taking away space. And that's what's really exciting is when you're watching these guys, you know, we talk about multiple effort mentality. What is that? It's when a team breaks down, they get the ball where they want to get it, and the guy tries to make a play, but everybody's covering their areas uh, in dramatic speed or making plays. Uh, there was a play yesterday. Jade McDaniels came from the weak side and and just, you know, it looked like Jeremy Grant, uh, you know, blocking a shot at the box on the other side. I mean, very few human, human beings. I mean, I have a tough time getting the net still at 50. I used to get the rim. But, like, this guy's coming over and just making this play, and that's what playmakers do. Um, and so um, still they're young and they're learning it, but when you start to see plays like that, those are – you know, game-changing type plays. For a player like Nas, what does a step forward look like for him? Well, if you look at Nas, even if you go by his points per minute and production by per minute, it was equivalent it probably in between what Matisse and Jalen were doing. And so now it goes back to he's playing. And so you can almost chalk it up to, you know, what his points per minute is at 12, is at 15, is at 17 with the ability to have big games. And uh, Nas is an elite player. He's a guy I can see he's taking a dramatic step forward. Um, he's he's been really uh, he's been really good in practice. Um, he's been really good when we've scrimmaged and played. He's he's been in control. He's taken the right shots, and most important, he he's his leadership is that's the biggest thing you've seen is a big big uh, gap that he's taken in terms of leadership. Is Brian Penn Johnson healthy, and how's his development? He's he's another guy. You know, I I you know I mentioned about Jamal and Nate. He's a guy. You know, he's, he's, you know, he shows signs of just could be dominant. He's really improved his offensive game in a lot of ways. He's developed his foul shot. Now if he gets fouled, he can go up there and make it. Really proud of him. We need him to be that, that guy who rim protects. With our length and athleticism, we'll be able to expand a little bit further out in the perimeter and uh, need that guy to, to be the guy we think he can be, which is an incredible defensive player, change the game. Uh, I could just envision Matumbo doing this, you know what I mean? And, and, and BPJ can be that guy, and, um, you know, he'll get his chances for sure. One of the things that was special about Jalen last year and the year before is at the end of the game, he wanted the ball. I mean, he just wanted the ball at the end of the game. Do you have that guy this year? 
We do have the, I think we have multiple guys. I don't know if we've got somebody like, you know, Jalen had one of the best mid-range pull-up jump shots I've ever seen. And he could go and, and get to a part on the court and lift up. And you knew he was going to get fouled or make a basket. And then you knew if he got fouled, he was making the foul shots. He just had ice water in his veins. I think we don't have somebody the way that he did it, but we have three or four guys, if we got them the ball in certain places of the floor, that they can make a play and just be as, as effective. And so that's what we're you know finding out Like at the end of the game. This is where it goes. This is what we're doing. Uh, those are the things that we're we're working on now. But we've got we've got some weapons, and uh, and I think if we put them in the right positions, can be just as effective or more. Mike, you, you mentioned you mentioned the, the Italy trip, yep. And you guys experimented with a little man um, in all your years at Syracuse. Experimented. In all your years, did you uh, did half you, the games? <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, did you ever try to roll with some man when you were at Syracuse? We, we uh, when when I was at Syracuse, literally we played a lot of man. We were probably fifty fifty, and until I think it was two thousand seven, we had lost to, to Lemoyne, which was a Division two team, and uh, that was the the last day I think uh, we ever played another possession of man to man at Syracuse. And so for years when I played, it was man to man. Year we won the national championship in two thousand three. Uh, we played a lot of man to man, pressed, and so. Um, we've got some guys that can do it. We've got uh, we got a lot of versatile players uh, that can defend multiple positions. Uh, you know, one of our things is always moving forward, part culturally, and so you know it would be great to have an off-speed pitch, something that we could go to and have a team out there that could really execute at a high level. And um, it's like anything; you're trying to you know see if you've got different weapons, uh, different ways to play that can change a game and. Um, we've got some stuff that we're, we've been packing in a, in a suitcase over here. It's pretty good. And, and so ever since you got here, yeah. you've talked about coaching with your gut, whether yeah. it's the rotations yeah. or mixing up defense. Sure. Is, that, is that another thing where you just, you just feel it and all of a sudden it's time to go? You know, I hate to be throwing our culture out there, but be comfortable being uncomfortable. And so you get comfortable in a certain way, and I've got to be able to have the faith that, that, to be able to go out there and try new things. That's how... That's how uh, programs grow. I think we, we have, it's all about personnel. You know, how does this personnel, how can this personnel win? And zone, pressing, man-to-man, -man, whatever it may be, uh, we've got to do our best job of, of figuring that out and then putting the right guys in, in place to be effective. And um, the, the thing about this team is we've got a lot of options. Uh, options are good, uh, but there are a lot of options. It's, it's really exciting. Uh, but uh, there's some challenges with that as well. You have four, I think, or so, six, nine plus guys. Yeah. Physically. Yeah. Does that allow you as a coach, does that make you feel there are roles you can maybe do things or not have to do things with the other players some of those? Well, I think, you know, it goes back to, you know, if you have to go small, you can go small. If you have to go big, you can go big. Uh, you know, if you have to play man, you can play man. If you have to play zone, you can play zone. We can put four shooters on the floor. We could pound you inside with three bigs. Uh, those goes back to, you know, who you're playing. Um, I think you can also sometimes you can overcoach. And sometimes I, the one thing I loved about Coach Bayheim is sometimes the best coaching is getting out of the way a little bit and letting the, the artist paint. And uh, it's like Jalen in a 1-4 low. How genius was that? Everybody go on the baseline. Give your best playmaker the ball. He's pretty good at it. And then Jalen, do that thing you do, you know, that, that thing. And um, 
Uh, and so I don't, we don't want to overcomplicate it. We want to simplify it. Um, when you simplify with young guys, you, you speed up the learning. And uh, we don't want them thinking. We want them to be instinctual out there playing. Um, and so, yeah, we can be big. Like, you know, to answer your question, we've, we only got four, six, nine or above. Yeah, you're wrong. That's not, that's wrong. We've got nine. No. Offensively and defensively. Well, our experience with the three-point line, we played Boise State and NIT. They experimented the rule, and uh, the first half they were one for 13 from the three-point line. I think they were one for 12, one for 11, something in that category. You know, for great shooters, I don't think it matters. I think for, uh, you know, average shooters like myself, uh, you know, that, that little distance makes a big difference. Um, you know, and that's where our length also to, 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 to defend that deep, that's where length matters. And um, but uh, I think for the most part, you know, if you look at the analytics behind it, you'll know it'll be probably throughout the country will go down like, you know, 1.5% from shooting percentages uh, probably across the country. Uh, but obviously that type of stuff helps us. Does it make a difference? Defensively, uh, you know, we, we take pride in defending the three point line. And so uh, when you got to make, you know, teams move further out and we can still be as effective because we're longer and more athletic, then uh, I think it definitely benefits us defensively. You as coach before the one, on, uh, one and done rule was implemented uh, from a big picture standpoint, how much has it changed the game then to now, both not just from playing style, but also managing the roster and managing. Recruiting. What was that question? I apologize. About the, one and, the one and done rule. Uh, you coached before it was implemented. Yeah. How much has it changed, uh, like especially with roster management? And well, I think with roster management, I think I think I think you get more burned when you have a guy that you think is going to be there for four years and they leave after two or three because it's unexpected. I think with the one and done. You know, uh, you know, the, the bottom line, I think, to be able to have a sustainable system is you need players in your on your roster that are great three and four year guys. They've got great upsides. They've got a chip on their shoulder. You can get them all into your system. And so when one of these guys leaves, next thing you know, like, well, who do they have on their roster? Oh, my gosh, I forgot about him. One year uh, at Syracuse, we had lost Johnny Flynn. Eric Devendorf and Paul Harris, 75% of our offense, defense, go-to guys. We came back with Andy Routens, who was a first-year starter, Wes Johnson, who was a redshirt freshman. I think we were four new players and one veteran. And we, at one point, I think we were 24-0 and 0 in the, you know, and uh, we're number one in the country. And so you need players that are great program guys that are in there. They're getting better. Uh, they know the system, and they're just waiting for their opportunity. And I feel like we're there. I think I feel like we've got guys on this roster that are that can explode at any time. Couple more guys. How about shooting, coach? Uh, some knockdown shooters. You lost a lot of three-point shooting. Yeah, you know, shooting is one of those things. I think we have a lot of great shot makers. Uh, you know, and now it goes back to I think when we shot well last year. Last year, going into the Pac-12, I think we were 211th in the country in three-point field goal percentage. And, uh, you know, David got hot in that, uh, you know, 12 game. We went, went, won, won 12 games in a row, or that, maybe it was two games before uh, we went in the Pac-12. Uh, but we've got shot makers. I think the, the, it goes back to, it's real funny, it's so simple, but the better quality shot you get, you know, you have a better percentage. I think we've got uh, really good shot makers, um, um, but, again, a lot of inexperience on that, so we'll see when the lights go on. You seem like a guy who gets really excited before every season, I would imagine. Is there anything about this group, though, that gets you 
a little more revved up than usual? Well, I think at the end of the day, um, I just love, you know, going to the, the to the Pac-12 media day and seeing the other competitors and it start, you're starting to read on uh, different websites talking about the teams and doing different things. You know, you, the, the, the juices start <laughs> flowing a little bit. I think as any coach will tell you, when you're going through practice in the preseason, it doesn't matter how good you're going to be or how good you could be, you're always going, oh, I don't know if we're ever going to win a game. God, that practice was awful. But, you know, it's part of the, the growing process. At this point of the year, they're looking to play somebody else rather than just beating on each other every day. Um, but I'm excited. Um, you know, with the excitement of the program, I'm excited to represent the city and the school and you guys. And um, I think we, we've we've got a lot of unknowns, but the, the energy's there, uh, the mindset's there, the type of kid is there, and uh, just can't wait to get on the court and so we can start learning about ourselves. Uh, you know, talking about last year's schedule, we played such a tough non-conference schedule. You know, we went down and, uh, and and played Auburn. It was kind of this shell shock, but it, w- it made us so much better. You know, we were able to grow from it, learn from it. And as it evolved, it helped us so much in conference. So there's going to be, a, I'm sure, a lot of ups and downs, but great learning experiences. We play an incredible non-conference schedule, and I uh, just can't wait to get going. How does, how does Quade Green fit into this year? Is he eligible to play, or can you talk about just We're still waiting for, for Quade. He is, uh, you know, we've, we've put in the waiver. Um, he's a heck of a player, um, leader, shooter, playmaker, makes others around him better. So, obviously, if, we, if he gets the waiver, it will be a huge benefit for the program. All right, thank you. I'm going to yep. start reading players up to the back. Let's go!